Welcome to Radio Kosen, the podcast that focuses on Ultraman, Kaiju, and lesser known Tokusatsu. I'm the Meta Factor, and I'm joined by. <laughs> the Meta Factor. <laughs> I'm Sunglass Pre. Seriously, I'm Ash. Well, I might be Meta, it depends on whatever day it is. Whatever mood strikes me. Depends on whose account you're using. Yeah, it depends on what account I'm signed into. Everybody knows Meta is your sock puppet account. Yeah, Meta is like my burner account. He seems to think that I'm his burner account, but in reality, he's my burner account. Somehow the burner account has gained sentience. But anyways, we're not here to talk about that. We're here to talk about Ultraman. So today on Radio Kosen, what we're going to discuss is Ultraman Tiger, episodes one to four very briefly and then we're going to get onto the absolutely crazy insane news that Hideaki Anno is going to be writing and producing an Ultraman movie. I can't believe it. I'm still in disbelief too. <laughs> so first of all, Ultraman Tiger. So first things first, what do you think of it? Do you want to briefly go over the plot of the first four episodes and then just like give us some impressions as to what you think of it? Yeah, sure, real fast cuz the first four episodes are the ones that have actually been subbed so far as of recording this episode five has aired but i haven't seen it yet and it hasn't been subtitled i wouldn't really know what's going on anyways i don't speak japanese anyways did you see the episode zero special i believe i did see the episode zero special yeah Okay, so the episode Zero special was really interesting because it's framed as Ultraman Taro talking with his son Taiga, who's the main character of the show. That, that threw everybody for a loop when it was announced. Like, what? Taro had sex? Are you kidding me? Oh, boy. <laughs> and anyway, so Taro's talking to his son Taiga, and he's like, you haven't been properly tested as an Ultra Warrior. Here's an example of some trials that other Ultraman characters have gone through. Because the episode zero things are always like clip show recaps of previous stuff in the franchise that they think that audiences may want to know or might add some extra context to things going into the new season. Um, like for Jeet, it recapped the history of Zero and Belial's fight because Belial played a big role in Ultraman Jeet. But anyways, this one, we were really intrigued because it picked two things that I don't think we expected. It picked Ultra Zero Fight Part 2 and Mebius Ghost Reverse, which those of you listening who have not seen every single sideshow that Ultraman has to offer, uh, you should know that both of these have one thing in common, and that one thing is forcing the main character to kill his friends in gruesome ways. Oh, boy. Yeah, so as soon as we saw that, we're like, oh, God, what are we in for this year? And as it turns out, what we're in for is quite a bit darker than what I was expecting, especially compared to last year's season, RB, which was a little bit more like lighter and softer and more comedy focused. This show already off the bat has some really dark episodes. Like episode one starts out with Tree Gear, who's the evil ultra antagonist for the season, literally like wiping the floor with all of the new gen ultras. So that's all the ultras from Ginga up to RB. Yep. And, and the Troy Squad, the three main Ultras that represent this season, just completely demolishing all of them, getting into a stalemate fight with Taro, presumably getting smacked down to an alternate version of Earth again, because episode one picks up then with Taiga and Hiroyuki meeting properly for the first time, and Hiroyuki, who's the human host for Taiga, becoming Ultraman Taiga and defeating monsters and stuff. 
Yep. And every episode past that, two, three, and four, all have had some sort of awful tragedy happening where like people die and the main characters have to learn how to deal with it and move forward from that tragedy. Like episode two has uh, Hiroyuki's childhood pet, which was a uh, baby uh, Gesera, the giant fish monster that he adopted as a baby. And then it turns out to have been like manipulated to become a bioweapon. And so he tries to save it and then Trigear kills it because Trigear is a dick. This will be a recurring theme. And then in episodes three and four, we have other tragedies occurring, like one of Hiroyuki's partners at the security company that he works for is a former Yakuza member, but like alien Yakuza, and gets into a fight with one of his previous friends, and he winds up dead at the end of it. And there's an incident in episode three where these astronauts are killed in a collision with space debris, just through sheer accident. So there's all these awful things happening and the main characters have to learn how to deal with them and move forward. And it's a really significant theme right off the bat, but it's not something I was really expecting, especially since like all the stuff dealing with the Ultras, our main tri-squad, is almost pretty comedy focused. Like if you've seen Deno, it's a lot of the same shenanigans from the Imogen. It's just interesting to see the two sides of it develop at this point, but I've really enjoyed it so far. And I'm really looking forward to see how the characters develop and also looking forward to seeing, you know, what the hell is Shiger up to? Because right now he's just doing stuff to be a dick. Yeah, that's the main difference between him and Belial in terms of their characterization. Belial Mm -hmm. did evil because he actually had some grand plan. There was rationale behind his machinations, whereas Trigiar just seems to be doing shit just for the banter, to be perfectly honest. I I think ultimately he's doing this to try and destroy the Tri-Squad, not just like defeating them in a fight because he's already done that, but like destroying their sense of justice because he really hates this idea of Ultras representing justice and goodness and light and that sort of thing. And that's what he's arguing with Taro about in the first episode. So I think like his ultimate goal is to screw over Taro by like ruining his son, by making him become not an ultra warrior anymore, not just defeating him in a fight. So I think that's his ultimate plan. But his ultimate plan is still basically like sheer petty spite. Pretty much. Whereas Belial wanted to destroy the land of light out of sheer petty spite. But that's a different goal. (laughs) Yeah. And his motivation was different. Yeah. Oh, and he also wanted to rule the universe as well. Yeah, yeah. So his end goal was just basically becoming the strongest being in existence. We don't know what Trigger's motivation is yet, other than he really, really fucking hates Taro. I still prefer Belior as a villain to Trigger. Oh yeah, I do too, but he's had more time to develop. We haven't seen much of Trigger outside of the episodes of Taiga so far and the RB movie, which like he doesn't really do anything specific in the RB movie to hint at his backstory either. So his backstory isn't actually explored in the RB movie then? I mean, there's no flashbacks or anything where he explains his origin, but I haven't watched it subtitled yet. So he may drop a line or two that I didn't pick up on, but he doesn't explain anything explicitly. Ah, okay. Um, Hopefully Tiger will eventually explore his backstory explicitly. Oh yeah, I'd be surprised if they don't. I'm sure it will. And hopefully it'll explain how Trigia and Taro came to fall out because that'd be quite interesting. 
the last thing I wanted to mention before we move on is just even though there's a lot of stuff that we haven't seen explained yet for the backstory or anything or in terms of the writing or the plot, there's still a lot to be developed. One thing already that's really impressed me with the show is it's clear they made bank with last season's Ultraman with the RB toys and everything because the level of detail on the miniatures and special effects in this season is absolutely ridiculous. Like Supro is just flexing on everybody with how they set up the miniature sets, how they frame like the action sequences and stuff. They're doing a lot of really cool things with their special effects this year. Yeah, I really was going to mention how big budget Tiger looks. And also, I think maybe that has impacted on the episode count because Tiger's only 24 episodes. It's been confirmed to be 24 episodes as opposed to 25, um, like RB, like Jeed, and like Orb before it. Oh, I was thinking it was 25 again. So that means that X was 24. I was thinking that was shorter than 24 for some reason. No, X was 22. That, okay, I was thinking that. I wasn't sure if it was 22 or 24. X is, ugh. I liked X a lot more when I went back and rewatched it. X was literally the first Ultraman thing I ever saw. And I didn't pick up a lot about like what the show was trying to do with its structure, with its narrative themes until I saw more Ultraman. I was like, oh, that's what they're referencing. Oh, so X is better upon a second viewing then. Yeah, yeah, I like X a lot more after rewatching it. Okay, I might have to go and rewatch it then. I really did like the Nexus episode that they did in X. That was pretty cool. Mm Mm-hmm. But in general, upon my first viewing of Ultraman X, I thought it was kind of mediocre, um, which Tiger isn't because Tiger is pretty good. I thought the first two episodes were a bit. Eh. The first episode I was pretty cool on, but it really picked up after that. I would say it took for Titus's introduction for me to be like super, super, super hype as to how good Tiger may eventually be. And Fuma's introduction was so sick. It also helps that Titus is like a major fan favorite character. He was as soon as he was introduced. Oh, really? I haven't really seen much of the Twitter reaction to the characters. Oh, you should see the sheer amount of Japanese fan art for Titus is absurd. And the cool thing about it is that people now remember that 1979 anime is a thing because I freaking love that show. (laughs) Do you think that's why Titus could be a fan favorite because he's from U40? I think that may have something to do with it as well. But like the Ultraman anime, as far as I can tell, like is not even that well known in the Japanese fandom, or at least not remembered as a favorite. Oh, really? I have no idea why, because it's incredible. Like if you are any sort of fan of like 80s robot, like super robot anime, because it has more in common with that sort of storytelling style than an actual Ultraman show, which is incredible and I love it. I'll keep that in mind. I am going to watch it though. I mean, it's a Sunrise production. They literally had the Mobile Suit Gundam staff working on the last quarter of the show because Gundam ended early. (laughs) That's also why I'm going to watch it. What I was going to say is, didn't Subaraya recently remake the Jonius costume? Yes, um, for the Ultraman Fan Fest that they've been having that goes on every summer. They'll have um, ultra suits for the stage shows and they'll also have them like walking around and like making guest appearances and stuff. They got a new one for Jonius for his 40th anniversary. And from the pictures that I saw from people who attended, it looks pretty much exactly like the anime design. They use a different type of fabric. The white parts in the anime design are actually like white rather than being silver. It literally looks like an animation cell that has come to life and it's really cool. (laughs) Yeah, I was just going to say that. It looks a lot more screen accurate because the suit in um, Mega Monster Battle Ultra Galaxy Legends where he appears isn't that Uh great. 
It makes him look more like an M78 Ultra, and the U40 Ultras are something completely different. He does appear in the Mega Monster Battle, doesn't he? He does. All of them appear in Mega Monster Battle to get the shit beaten out of them by Belial. So does Great, so does Powered. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Nice and Zerth as well. All the Ultramen from the Ultraman USA cartoon movie also show up as well. Wait, with like fully live action suits? Yes, all them good suits too. Holy shit. You see the Ultraman USA cartoon. Are they M78 Ultras? Yes and no. Um, They are from the M78 setting, but the planet that they're from is not M78. It's a different planet. But they're still considered Ultras. They're just like the weirdo cousin Ultras that people don't remember exist. (laughs) Ah, so it's not Hikari no Kuni, the Land of Light. Yeah, they're still Ultras and everything. It's just they're not from the Land of Light. I guess if M78 is supposed to be a nebula or a galaxy, they'd be from a different planet within it. So like uh, how Leo isn't technically an Ultra because he's from a different planet as well. Isn't he from a planet within the M78 nebula though? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's sort of the same deal with the USA Ultras, although they actually still are called Ultras. So Fair enough. I loved Mega Monster Battle Ultra Galaxy Legends. I do. I do. That movie is so awesome. Do you know I still haven't watched Revenge of Belial yet? Oh, you need to do that too. It's different. Like, it's not as just crazy action-oriented as Mega Monster Battle. They take every single possible, like, wild idea you might want in a space opera, like fire pirates and mirror dimensions and shit like that, and just throw it all in the kitchen sink into the movie, and it's great. (laughs) Is it as good as the first one? Um, I mean, I think so. It's good in a different way. Okay. Is it like less action oriented, more story? Yeah, it's, it's less action oriented. And like, quite honestly, when I watched it for the first time, there's a couple points in the movie where the pacing kind of drags a little bit. But I appreciate it a lot more on rewatching. It's great. And no matter what happens, it's better than Ultraman Saga, isn't it? Ultraman Saga is a movie that I appreciated more on rewatch. Now that one, I did actually have trouble with the pacing, but it went through a lot of production changes behind the scenes. So what we got was the result of like a lot of rewrites and last minute additions and change plans. Anyway, speaking of Vulture films. (laughs) Nice switch pre, nice switch pre. What you've all been waiting for, Hideaki Anno is going to write and produce at Studio Kara Shin Ultraman. Can you believe it? I am still in disbelief. Like before the news came out, there were rumors and there's been rumors about this apparently for a while, but I only started hearing them last week. And when it first got posted on Twitter, I got really excited. And then people were like, yeah, this rumor has been around for ages. It's probably not actually real. And then literally like two days after I retweeted it, they made an official announcement. Yeah, Hideaki Anno is writing an Ultraman movie. <laughs> yeah. It was wild. Like, complete and utter reaction on Twitter was wild. I mean, it even got to some of the normie blogs like Crunchyroll and comicbook.com as well. Polygon posted an article about it. Yeah, even Polygon posted about it. So you must know that's big news. Uh, It's slated for release in 2021, which is kind of a long-ass time to wait. Apparently the script is finished. They just need to actually film the thing. So Hideaki Anno's pen the script already. Yep. They said, according to the press release, the script was finished in like February. Guess I'm going to have to break into his house and steal that shit. The first draft of the script, because I'm reading directly from the um, press release, the first draft of the script was finished in February of this year. Holy shit. No way. Yeah. 
So those rumors like that kept on breaking cover, especially the one that originally broke cover in March. Yeah. Was technically true. Yep. So yeah, everybody that poo-pooed those rumors, up yours. But yeah, um, we need to talk about like just how huge this is, what it means, and what we want from the film. This is really interesting because Hideaki Anno is best known for stuff that he has written in his absolute darkest moments. And that is Evangelion and then Shin Godzilla. Shin Godzilla was a response to this mass national tragedy and issues that Anno had with like how the government handled it and how the society portrayed it and things like that. And Evangelion is basically him working through severe depression. So people associate his writing with that. And the one thing that drives me insane with people's responses to this movie is assuming that Shin Ultraman is similarly going to be really dark and depressing and like negative focusing, I guess is what I'm trying to say, because it's got Anno attached to it. But Anno's also written like positive stuff. He wrote Gunbuster. I was just about to say that. Yeah. Yeah, he's worked on Gunbuster, amongst other things. And he's even been Ultraman himself, which was absolutely fucking hilarious. Yeah, and I posted about that on Twitter. And like people somehow don't know this, that Anno is a massive Ultraman and really a fan of Toku in general. Oh, yeah, he's a massive Toku fan, like absolutely massive. Reading all the biographical takes on him and his work, like he loves superheroes and he loves Ultraman and he loves Common Rider. So it'll be interesting seeing him taking on this role of representing a franchise that he's always admired and looked up to because he literally did a fan film in film school with him as Ultraman. <laughs> yep, absolutely. That's what I meant by Anno has been Ultraman. I didn't know he was a Kamen Rider fan as well, though. Uh, well, Shin Kamen Rider has been done already, but... It's not impossible. To be fair, Shin Kamen Rider is pretty close to what I expect him to do in the first place, so. <laughs> oh, man. But yeah, I, for one, can't wait for Shin Ultraman. I am super pumped, too. I'm so excited for this. I wouldn't mind if it was done dark and gritty and ultra-realistic, but I have a slight feeling that he's not going to do it like that. I feel like it's going to be more light-hearted and it's going to be somewhat of an ode to Ultraman's heroic nature and him as a giant of light. I don't think it's going to be like an ultra-dark and gritty reimagining of Ultraman. Well, see, you can do dark and gritty stuff that still is ultimately hopeful at the end. Have you seen the next movie, which is the prequel to the Nexus series? Yes. Okay, that pretty much is exactly, tone-wise at least, what I expect Shin Ultraman to be like. You've got uh, Ultraman that is portrayed a little bit more mysteriously, doesn't really talk until the end of the movie, and also the design of which is a little bit more um, biological in how it's portrayed Yeah. with different anatomical details that you don't see in just the classic suit. And the majority of the movie is focused on a conflict between the main character and the people who help him versus the military and the government who don't understand the conflict that's happening and react basically in the worst way to it that sounds like peak anno to be honest even though he wasn't involved it does sound like peak anno here's the thing though is that it it's a movie that with a bit of a darker more realistic take on it but it still ultimately is really hopeful at the end like everybody lives through the end um the day is saved big bad monsters defeated the loving husband gets reunited with his son and his wife and everybody's happy so it still has a really hopeful and upbeat ending 
but there's quite a bit of suffering that happens during the movie and that's what I'm expecting tone-wise for Shin Ultraman to be like. That Ultraman movie came out in 2004, is that correct? Yes. Mm -hmm. Was that written by Hasegawa? Yes, it was. I know he was the main writer behind Nexus. Yeah, he was. Because the whole thing was as sort of this big project from Subaraya called Project N. Yeah, yeah, I know. I was just about to mention that. The N stood for Noah, or was it Next? Yeah, and Nexus and Next both were parts of that, and they were intending to do more. Then they ran into money problems and had to abandon the project. But Ah, so what would an Ultraman Noah movie have ultimately come after the end of Nexus? Yeah, I think Nexus itself was meant to spin out into like a new universe type thing for them to explore. So because ah. Nexus itself was cut short. That series was supposed to go longer and do more stuff with the um, backstory of the uh, aliens that arrived on Earth and the space beasts and uh, Dark Zaki itself. Ultraman Nexus is so good. Nexus is really good. <laughs> I'm sad it's not on Crunchyroll anymore. If it wasn't for Jeed existing, it would probably be my favorite Ultraman show. <laughs> but then Mebius is... <laughs> My top two are still Mebius and Gaia. That's not going to change anytime soon. Yeah. I need to watch Gaia, to be perfectly honest. And that one still is on Crunchyroll, so you don't have an excuse. Well, I'll just use Kiss Asian anyway, but you know. <laughs> Pirate. Arr. But yeah, um, back onto Shin Ultraman. I feel like it's going to be a certainty that it's going to be good. I could be wrong, but Hideaki Anno is such a massive fan of Ultraman and has such an intimate knowledge of the franchise. That I feel like he's going to create a respectful reimagining and it's going to be really, really good. And it's going to have so much fucking fan service in it that we're going to literally have to sit in the cinema. Well, maybe not the cinema or sit at home with notepads or our iPads and make notes. And we're going to have to watch it multiple times to catch every single single fucking reference or mike dent will note down all the references for us because that dude is a tokusatsu encyclopedia absolutely if we miss them he is for sure going to catch them because man he way outdid me on grid man <laughs> also mike dent come on our podcast please at some point yeah that would be great that would be great. So, uh, Anno's on record talking about Ultraman as an influence in a couple different things for Evangelion and some other just like general interviews that he's done. And because you mentioned that he has an intimate knowledge of the franchise, he also has sort of an intimate experience with it from growing up watching Ultraman. Like he talks about specific scenes from like Return of Ultraman that really impacted him. Obviously, like the crucifixion scene from Ace that gets used in every single Ultraman thing afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> I was just about to mention that. Also gets used by Anno in Evangelion. Yep. <laughs> but sort of the, the imagery and the emotions that are associated with the franchise is something that he has a very important experience with. And so it'll be interesting to see how he translates that to a movie. Now, we've been talking about Anno a lot, but uh, the director on this is Shinji Higuchi, who I believe is the director from the 90s Gamera movies which are incredible. And that dude knows how to make giant kaiju films. So I'm expecting this movie not only to be very interesting in terms of thematic plot writing, but also look absolutely gorgeous. I can imagine that it's going to be aesthetically mind-blowing. I'm probably going to want to see it in 3D. I imagine it will get a limited Western release, to be honest. Oh yeah, I'd be surprised if it wouldn't, because I know such a big name over here. Especially in America. Maybe not so much in the United Kingdom. Well, on top of that, and also I think it ties into this in the first place, both Toho and Subaraya have really pushed American and Western licensed releases 
of their properties in recent years. Because Subarai has really done a lot in terms of seeking to make another American-produced Ultraman. We still haven't heard a lot of hard and fast stuff about that yet, other than it's in the works. Also, this announcement with Mill Creek about bringing their DVD and Blu-ray library uh, to a Western release with subtitles. Well, I don't know if it's going to be subbed or dubbed yet, but Subarai has really made a lot of push to open up the franchise and make it more well-known in Western audiences. They have. And... I feel like they probably solicited Anno or Anno had already like had this idea and they were like, yeah, you know what? Just go ahead and do it now. Now that they actually have like more of a foothold and an opportunity to promote it. So I think this is probably intentional, really good timing on their part, right when Ultraman's starting to become more of a well-known thing. I also find it quite intriguing that Toho and Subaraya Productions are teaming up on this because anybody that knows their Tokusatsu history will know that Eiji Subaraya originally worked for Toho. Oh, I mean, this is not the first time that they've worked together. I mean, Gridman, 1993. I don't know if you know this, but this is back when Subaraya was having a lot of financial problems with producing Ultraman. And so the actual stage set that they used to film the fights for Gridman actually were on Toho's studios, not Subaraya's. Really? No way. That's pretty awesome. Yeah, because Toho had a bigger soundstage. So they were just like, hey, can we use your stuff? And they brought all their stuff over to Toho and filmed there. So Toho and Subaraya have always had like a buddy-buddy relationship then? As far as I know, which is not as far as some other people who may correct us, as far as I know, they've always been on good working terms. So I'm not surprised to see them sort of co-producing this. I think Toho is the one actually responsible for distributing it. But I mean, it's got Subaraya's name attached to it because it's Ultraman. They would have had to give permission to use it in the first place. Well, yeah, obviously. There is no way on God's green earth there would ever be an official Ultraman project without Subaraya's blessing or name attached to it yeah about that <laughs> chayo <laughs> i'm just glad we don't have to deal with that anymore but it wasn't an official ultraman project that reminds me speaking of official ultraman there was a malaysian cartoon that has another official ultraman in it oh is that ribbit that you're talking about yeah his design is kind of raw still <laughs> Yeah, no, he's an actual official Ultraman. It's just he's only ever appeared in stage shows and stuff. I'd love for them to do more with that. So. Has he got an official like suit? Yeah, he does. Like I said that's that's where he's from. Is uh, he most he mostly does stage show stuff. So like in Japan. So is he actually known in Japan? I don't know if he's known in Japan, but <laughs> he's known in Malaysia. <laughs> so I'm super I'm super fucking hyped. <laughs> I can't wait for 2021. Yeah, I can't wait either. It's just annoying that we have to wait so long. But obviously, they've got to do um, principal photography and then post-production mm-hmm. and so on and so forth. So it's kind of understandable. Yeah, I, th- I think they have the main characters already cast. So I think it's just a matter of them actually putting together the production and filming the thing. So I also can't wait until they reveal Ultraman's design as well. Ooh, that's going to be so good. I really hope it's more miniature focused rather than CGI. So we'll see. Oh, you want actual like practical effects as opposed to CGI? I want practical effects as much as possible. Fair enough. Yeah, the only thing that really worries me is just the general anime fan reaction to this. Because already we're seeing some pretty crappy takes from people who are like, oh, this is going to be the only good Ultraman related thing ever. It's actually funny because a lot of... Toku fans are also anime fans, but people who are exclusively anime fans kind of sometimes I feel like get the impression that they look down their nose at Tokusatsu a little bit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. As a kind of like the redheaded stepchild. 
Yeah, as sort of, you know, unable to separate it from the Power Rangers idea of it's for kids, it's just brightly colored toy selling, that sort of thing. And I mean, that's true to a degree, but Ultraman in its 50 plus year history has done a really, really good job at keeping a consistent theme and consistent ideas throughout the whole franchise. So anything that is Ultraman related, you can expect to see certain things that have been with the franchise since the beginning. Absolutely. Yeah, so I have no doubt that Anno is going to preserve those. I just wish that people who come into this not having seen Ultraman will be able to recognize those themes as something that's unique to Ultraman and not something that is there just because Anno is there. Yeah, I was just going to say, um, with anime fans and their pretentiousness towards Ultraman and Tokusatsu, that it's completely preposterous because Tokusatsu is so wide and varied, almost as wide and as varied as anime is, to be perfectly honest. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like the different range of genres and themes um, that you get within Tokusatsu just it yeah. runs the gamut of everything. Yeah, and what kind of toku you enjoy is going to depend on what kind of series you like. You've got sci-fi and Kamen Rider and Sentai. <laughs> Right up to high fantasy, such yeah. as Garo. Well, even like some Common Rider and Sentai series take more of a fantasy angle with how they portray yeah. their stuff. So, i.e., Ryu Soldier to an extent. Mm-hmm. That concludes that. Uh, where can we find you on social media, Pre? You can find me on Twitter as always at Sunglass Pre. Uh, you can also find my blog site where I talk more about Ultraman, including uh, my further thoughts on Ultraman Taiga if you wanted more of that. That is at Capes and Cool Scarves at WordPress. So you can find all my thoughts about Ultraman and latest airing series and things like that over there. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at The Macabre Chat. You can find Radio Kosen on Twitter at Radio Kosen. So that's Radio K-O-S-E-N. You can find our parent podcast, Buildcasters, on Twitter at Buildcasters. And you can find our friends of the Legion of Boom on Twitter and Instagram at Legion, L-E-G-1-0-N, of Boom. And on that note, Radio Kosen out. Say bye, Pri. Bye. See you later. This episode of Radio Kosen was produced by the Macabre Chap and Sunglass Pri. With music provided by Jenga. Battle Battle ended. ended. Battle ended.